This Shabbos is incredibly significant. I know we're hearing the word significant a lot over the last month. The month of Elul is significant. Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the 10 days of Teshuvah, Simchas Torah. However, all of that doesn't come close to this Shabbos. Uh-oh. Why not? What's this Shabbos? What's special with this Shabbos? It says Rosh Hashanah, everything is written. Everything is written throughout, what will happen the whole year is written down Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur, it's sealed. Then, it, then the seal is complete at the end of Yom Kippur, but there's still something you could do at Hashanah Rabbah. Hashanah Rabbah is the completion of the seal. It's something that's added in Hashanah Rabbah. Okay. But then it, the Baal Shem Tov said that all of what, the events of the year get their energy from Shabbos Bracious, the first Shabbos of the year. And the papers that are printed, so to speak, in heaven, papers of life, they don't leave the chamber of heaven until Shabbos Bracious. So the way our Rebbes have, have described the Shabbos is like this. The way you launch this Shabbos, I think that's the best translation for the Yiddish. Yiddish is shtel tzachavek. The way you shtel tzachavek, the way you approach, the way you launch the Shabbos is the way the whole year will go. So it's an incredibly important time to, to connect to what Hashem wants us to at this time because this is the way the whole year is going to go. So what is this Shabbos? So there's actually three components of this Shabbos. First of all, as I mentioned, Shabbos Bereshis. Second of all, it's Shabbos that blesses the coming month. It's the first Shabbos every month, the last Shabbos of the month, blesses the next month. So this Shabbos, last Shabbos of Tishrei, blesses the upcoming month of Chesh. And so two components there. It's a last Shabbos of Tishrei, and it's a Shabbos that blesses the month of Chesh. So why, what are these things, what are these three elements of this Shabbos, how do they come together, and what do they, what do they have to do with ourselves, and how we launch this year? So the Baal Shem Tov said that the, the last Shabbos of the year, we don't say the special blessing for the next month, because God himself blesses the last uh, the first month of the year and the last Shabbos of the year. And the blessing of God is the Torah reading of the last Shabbos of the year, Nitzavim. Nitzavim means to stand. God blesses us to stand and be strong and do what God wants us to do in the coming year. At Nitzavim, you'll stand strong in judgment. You'll get it done. That's God's blessing. With the, that's why we don't say the blessing on the last Shabbos of the year. And with the power of God's blessing, we're able to bless all the future months of the year. So what's unique about this Shabbos is, is that this is the first Shabbos that we are blessing the month. Now, the problem with saying that it's the first Shabbos is that it's not really the first Shabbos we're blessing a month. We've blessed the month of Cheshvan last year and the month of Kislev, the month of Tevis. We've, always, we've had many Shabbosim which are dedicated to blessing the next month. So this is not really the first month, the first time we're blessing a month. We've done it many times before. But the truth is that this is something unique. How... Month of Sivan, we also do it, we just um, say Avarachim. Every month except for the month of Tisha. So what's unique about this, this that what's never happened before, Zaltar writes in Tanya, that every year, God brings to the world a brand new light, that never shined in the world before. Imagine, this is the year of Mashiach. 
So the light of this year must be an incredible light that is never, ever... Every year there's a brand new light. But this year, we're expecting Mashiach. Mashiach is going live in 5780. So uh, we can expect something incredible happening this year. New light of Hashem. So this Shabbos is a Shabbos where we bless this... We bring down this new light. With our own efforts, we bring down this new light. And it's something we're only able to do now. Why able to do it? Why only now? Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are called Bakese. They're called times of concealment. It's a time we connect to Hashem in an intimate way. But the closest we have with Hashem, when is it revealed? When is it expressed? When do we see that there is that there is a a love in the relationship? When do we see there's an excitement there? That there's a connection there? That's in the holiday of Sukkot. Sukkot is in the time of our joy. Whatever was hidden and concealed, Rosh Hashanah comes to fruition and revelation and joy on, on Sukkot. So Sukkot is a revelation of, of Rosh Hashanah. Sukkot, every day of Sukkot, more and more revelation, until we come to Shemini Atzeres. Shemini Atzeres is when we internalize all of the energy of Sukkot. So whatever we start Rosh Hashanah and Kippur comes to full revelation on Sukkot. But when does it come inside of us, comes inside of us on Shemini Atzeres. But even Shemini Atzeres is not as great as Simchas Torah. Just but look at the name. Simchas Torah. What's Simcha? Simcha. It's called no other holiday which has Simcha in its name. Simchas Torah. And although we made Shechiyanu on the first night of the holiday, make a new Shechiyanu on Simchas Torah. Why make a new Shechiyanu? Because whatever happened in Shemini Atzeres, and the simple reason is because the, the sages instituted, we don't want to make any different differences between one day and another, and therefore on the second day of the month, the second day of the holiday, we, we have to also say Shechiyanu. But the real reason we're saying, the deeper reason we say Shechiyanu, because there's something brand new on Simchas Torah that never was there before. So whatever was accomplished on Shemini Atzeres, Simchas Torah is something, a whole new revelation of Galilee. And with all that energy and revelation of the entire month of Tishrei, we arrive at Shabbos Barashas. And at the Shabbos Barashas, we're able to bring down, the first time, from the new light of Hashem that brought, Hashem brought to the world and on Rosh Hashanah, now with our, with our Tehillim and our prayers, we're now ready, being, being pumped up the whole month of Tishrei, to bring down this new light. That's, what, that's what's unique about this Shabbos. Now the obvious question is, Pump, pump, pump. Yeah, it's awesome. Shabbos Barashas is fantastic. It's great. It's wonderful. Yes! One second. But after this Shabbos, what are we doing? We're blessing the new month of Cheshvan. Cheshvan is a holiday, is a month without any, without any holidays at all. In fact, there is Tachnun. We, we've stopped saying the confessionary prayers. The prayers which are about fixing sin and stuff for a while during, the, during this joyous time and what it was a, one, of the, one of the most noticeable thing, things that we start doing when the month of Cheshvan arrives is you got to say those prayers again you got to say the confessional prayers again so it seems like a big downer it seems like a big letdown after the, in the you're being pumped up with such chai such simcha such life on in Tishrei and then boom you get hit with a Cheshvan you get a whole month they have to say the confessional prayers which doesn't even have one holiday so, how does that make sense? Chav Cheshvan, right? Your birthday. Yeah. Your birthday is, is Gites Chav Cheshvan. So, what's going on? Besides the birthday of Yehudi Aron, there's no other holidays in the month of Cheshvan. Okay, fine. We got two holidays. Fine. Thank you very much. Baruch Hashem. 
<laughs> When's your birthday? Chav Tesh Tishrei? Okay, that's still Tishrei. It's still Tishrei. It's still Tishrei. I know, I know, I know. Okay. So the answer is like this. The answer is, you can see the answer actually by the way the month of Cheshem falls out this year. Every year, there's a, God gives us a message that's pertinent to that year by the way the calendar falls out. This year, Shchodesh Cheshem is Tuesday and Wednesday, which Tuesday and Wednesday are correspond to the Hebrew letters Gimel and Dalet. There's a Gemara which talks about the significance of each letter of the alphabet. What does Gimel and Dalet mean? Very good. Excellent. Gimel Dalim. Gimel means to give, and Dalim means the, the recipient, the poor man who receives. Gimel means to bestow, and Dalim means to the one who is receiving. So the Talmud says, greater than that, more, more than the wealthy man does with the poor man, the poor man does with the wealthy man. The, ma- the wealthy man who is giving the poor man receives more. He receives more by giving than the one who is receiving. Gimel is equal to number th- is, e- is three. Gimel represents the three worlds. And Dal represents this world, the fourth world. There are three worlds that are higher in this world. The world of Atzilus, Bria, and Yetzirah. Yossi, remember those worlds? Atzilus, Bria, and Yetzirah? Remember being in those worlds? Every soul's been there. You remember being in those worlds? Coast it through? No? So these three worlds are worlds of, in- of incredible holiness. The Rebbe gave the following parable to explain these worlds. There's a way a king is in his private chambers. There's a way a king is in his throne room. There's the way that people in the throne room leave the throne room to go do various missions for the king. And there are people at the, at the very far end of the country who have barely heard of the king. So too there is the world of Atsilus, the world of unity, the highest world. That's a god in his throne room. Then there is the world of Bria. Sorry, that's why God is in his, in his, in his chambers, so to speak. the king in his chambers. All there is is the king. Then there is a throne room. In the throne room, there may be many people there, but the focus of the throne room is the king. Everyone is standing in awe and reverence of the king. He is the, he's the center of the room. Everyone is, feels the king in that room. That's the world of Bria, the world of, of, of Dveikus. And then there is the way those angels and souls, which are, so to speak, in God's presence, in the throne room, leave the throne room in the world of Yitzira. And then there are the people at the end of the kingdom who have barely heard of the king, and that's us. So the higher three worlds are Goimel, they give off energy to the lowest world, Chaim. What's the lowest world called? No, it's the highest world. The lowest world is? He's upside down. Asiya. This is the lowest world. So the three higher worlds give to this world. We get our energy from the worlds above. People wonder why we learn so much Hasidus about the higher worlds. Whatever's happening here starts over there. And the truth is, whatever happens here impacts there. What did I just say before? More than the rich man does with the poor man, the poor man does with the rich man. That means by the higher worlds bestowing godly energy upon our world, they receive more by doing that than they have in, their, in, their own, in, their, in themselves. All those high and holy worlds are, after all, still contractions and consignments of godliness. God's intent is to have a home in this world. And therefore, it's specifically by the energy of the higher worlds, ascending to this world, that those worlds are elevated. They, they cannot be elevated without their impact on this world. Which leads us to the power of the month of Cheshvan. Tuesday is still Tishrei. Tuesday is the influence and the power and the revelation of Galilee. 
Wednesday is Cheshvan. Wednesday is when Hashem tells us now, I want you to do something incredible. I want you to bring the holiness of the month of Tishrei. I want you to bring all that higher and deeper levels of godliness that you elicited on Yom Kippur or Shoshana by all the wonderful things you did on those days or didn't do just by being alive in those times. It's special revelation of God in that time. I want you now to bring that into the world. I want you to bring, in, bring that into the lower kind of reality to the world of Cheshvan, to the world of Tachnu, to the world where there are the confessionary prayers, to the world of the mundane. And that is an even higher thing than the world, than Atzilos Bri Yitzira. Higher than those worlds, higher than those worlds, is bringing those worlds to this world. That's something which, which, which is uh, the goal of creation, which brings us to the theme of this parasha, parasha's Bereshus. Bereshus, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. Rashi comments on this Pasuk. Rashi says, Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, the whole Torah shouldn't have started by this part. Where should the Torah have started? Oh, the Torah should have started by the first mitzvah. The first mitzvah that God gave us is the mitzvah of Rosh so why does the Torah start with Bereshus? Rashi says it's to answer the non-Jews. The non-Jews can say to a Jew, Jews, you're thieves. You stole the land of the, of the seventy nation of the seven. You stole the land of the seven nations, and give it back to us. So we respond to the nations with the parsha Bereshus. What does the parsha Bereshus tell us? Parsha Bereshus. God created heaven and earth. God created everywhere. God created the land of Israel. First, He gave the land to you. And then he took the land from you, gave it to us. It's God's world. What does the Parshas Bereshus have to do with us? This is an answer to non-Jews who have a claim against the land of Israel. Why does this change the order of Torah? The whole Torah begins with an answer to non-Jews. The Torah is a Torah for the Jewish people. Why is this a, a response to non-Jews? Answers like this. There is the way a Jew is in... the two ways we serve God. There's a holy way of serving God and there's a, a lower way. The holy way is you learn Torah, you do a mitzvah, and the lower way is you do mundane physical things. You go out to do business, you eat, you drink, you do mundane, physical, regular, normal human things. So a person might think, the goy inside of us might tell us, God, by the way, the reason we have these two kinds of models of serving God in ourselves is because God himself, so to speak, has two, God created us in his image. God, so to speak, has also two kinds of revelation. There is the way God is above creation, where God is without any contraction, and there is the way God contracted His light to create the world. That's why in the beginning of the story of Genesis, the word Elohim appears 32 times. The word Elohim is numerically equivalent to the word to the word Hateva, which means nature. There is the way God contracted Himself in nature. So, the contraction of Hashem in nature, the, the way God relates to creation, corresponds to the way Hashem tells us to relate to the world. Hashem told, told us to get involved with the physical world. Then there is a way Hashem is above creation. That's the way Hashem tells us to pray to Him, to learn Torah, do mitzvahs, to do unique Jewish things. There's a way, a way a person puts on filling. There's a way you eat a hamburger for the sake of God. The way you, say, you say a brach on the hamburger, you eat a hamburger for the, sake of, for the sake of Hashem, and you have a Torah class with a hamburger, etc. So, so those are two different kinds of energies which correspond to two kinds of godly energies. So a person might say, the non-Jew inside us might say, the Esav inside us might say, you're a thief. When you learn Torah, when you do mitzvahs, okay, that's godly, that's holy. But how can you say that when you're involved in mundane, lowly things, that's also the Hashem? Let me explain a little bit. There's a, there's a big mis mis misconception out there. There's a big misconception, I won't say out there, 
inside each of us there's a voice which has this misconception. The misconception is like this. There is the God of the synagogue. There is the God that we pray to, the God that does miracles, the God that splits the sea. There's a God that brings the blood upon, uh, 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 this plague of blood, blood upon the Egyptians. There's a, there's a God who does, brings the uh, frogs upon the Egyptians. And there is a way Hashem tells us, don't rely on miracles. Hey, I'm not going to, I don't have your back right now. Don't rely on miracles. I created nature. So a person might think that there's two different kinds of domains. There is a domain of the infinite su- super- supernatural God. And there's Chas Shalom. There's another domain of another kind of energy, of another kind of godly force, which is different. Bereshis Baralakim, person might say, Hashem contracted himself. And therefore, when he contracts himself, he's different, so to speak, to the way he is above. So what does the Gemara tell us? The Gemara says that there's six words that correspond to the six parts of the Mishnah. The first word is Emunas. Emunas corresponds to the order of the Mishnah called Zerayim. Zerayim are the laws about planting seeds. It says the Talmud Yerushalmi, a Jew plants a seed because he believes in God. What do you mean he, believes, he plants a seed because he believes in God? Everyone plants seeds. No, a Jew doesn't plant a seed, seed because everyone plants seeds. A Jew knows that even though he's living in the world which Hashem created, and Hashem contracted his light that should function in a certain limited way, it's the world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's HaKadosh Baruch Hu mean? HaKadosh means the one who is infinite, the one who is beyond everything. There's no, there aren't two domains, there's only one God. And the whole world was created by the one God who is supernatural, who is, a, who is infinite. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the infinite one, the holy one, He created the whole world. And therefore it's not that you have two different... Uh, powers that govern your life, there is a time you need to turn to God, the supernatural God and ask Him for a miraculous blessing and there's a time Hashem tells you to go to work, no the only reason you're going to work and the only reason you're trying to function in a natural way is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu because God says that you need to do this it's not because Hashem is limited and Hashem is can't, Hashem is not there, Hashem says HaKadosh Baruch Hu says I want you to be in the world I w-. so a Jew plants a seed, not the same way that that a uh, Another person plants a seed. A Jew plants a seed and he feels, while he's planting the seed, I'm doing something that God wants me to do. It's a mission of Hashem. It's because God said to do it. And that is why the month of Cheshvan has an advantage over the month of Tishrei. The whole point of, of a Jew being in this world, the whole point, this Pasach liberation, the Torah begins with this. This is the message of Torah. The message of Torah is Hashem wants us to go in this world and to bring His light into the place which is unfriendly and uncomfortable, and there to reveal God's oneness. In a place which looks like you're stealing. It looks like, it looks like it doesn't, God doesn't belong here. But that's where Hashem tells a Jew to be. And that, a Jew once asked the, the Tzemach Tzedek, the third Rebbe of Chabad, he said to him, I want to um, move to Israel. And the Tzedek said to him, make here Israel. The, not, the, the Goyesha voice inside you says, this is not a place for Hashem. <coughs> there was a famous Sadiq who passed away today, anniversary of his passing is today, Levitz Bredichev, just saying his name is a merit. Levitz Bredichev, he once noticed someone who was wearing a talisman film, and he's going out and he's fixing his wagon. His wagon is all messed up, and his horses, are, horses in the mud, and he is there with his tefillin and his talisman trying to fix his horses. So, what, so a regular person would look at this and say, come on, dude, you've got to fix your horses, fine. Finish the avening first, take off your towels, take off your tefillin. And it's a, it's a thing you do, you know, that's, that's a holy thing. You use it for a holy time. And then go take care of the horses. The believe it's predictions said the opposite. He's, wow, God, look at your children. He always found the merit in people. 
Look at your children. Even when they're fixing their wagons, they're still praying to you. Even when they're involved with mundane physical things, they're still connected to you. There was a Jew who he complained to the Rebbe, he told the Rebbe that his, his, his Yerush Hashiva, the head of his Yeshiva, told him that he should shave his beard. Why should he shave his beard? Because nobody had beards in those days. Hippies had beards. And it was very unfashionable in America for young men to have a beard. Older rabbis had beards. And the rabbis and his yeshiva said to him, why are you wearing a beard like a hippie? You don't need to have a beard. So the Rebbe responded, a very interesting thing. <laughs> Only the Rebbe could say this. The Rebbe said, the Jews were in, in, in Egypt, they had three merits with which they left Egypt. What were the three merits? They didn't change their language, they didn't change their clothing, and their names. So the Rebbe said, the hippies, they're all of Jewish names. A.B. Hoffman, Ginsburg, all, all Jewish names are uniquely Jewish names. Not only that, they have, Jew, they have a different style of dress. They have the beads and this. They have, they have a whole different way of dressing. And number three, so and they have, they have their own jargon. They have their own. In within English, there's a whole, whole different way of speaking. They said, "Aren't they deserving of the of the redemption?" It's clearly different. The clear, okay, it's not the way that their their Zaydis dressed, not the way their Zaydis spoke, but there's something different. So they have a season them. They have a season them that this is this is this is godliness. This is holiness. That's the mission of a Jew. A Jew is supposed to look at the world and find and look for and find Abishur and wherever he is. That, that's our mission. And that's an even greater mission than the month of Tishrei. And it's only with the power of Tishrei that we're able to go to Cheshmer. It's only after Hashem soups us up with all the intense revelation of Tishrei that Hashem gives us the higher mission of bringing it down and making the world a home for Hashem and bringing Mashiach. L'chaim, l'chaim. Any questions, comments, criticisms, tomatoes, cucumbers? Okay.